Hi, welcome to Chalk Talk Sports Podcast, powered by Prime U. I'm your host, Daryl DeVault, inviting you to see us weekly. You can listen to our podcast on Spotify, Apple, and Android. Also, uh, Google Podcasts. We're also on Facebook Live, Instagram Live, coming soon. Just a little information on Powering You. Powering You was founded in 2015 to inspire and to like people who are on a personal journey. With that in mind, we decided to create a platform to share the stories of great athletes and the things that motivate them. When it comes to motivation, athletes have to be trained to push themselves to another level. Leaders are trained to find out what motivates a team, and personal motivators drive individuals. EJ is a, uh, is a Michigan recruiting insider insider for rivals. Is that correct, EJ? Am I doing yeah, no, that's correct. For the Wolverines, yeah, rivals and the Wolverines, and also, you know, dealing with high school students. EJ has been around the high school recruiting scene a long time. You know, again, EJ, thank you for being a guest. Start off, uh, start off on your decision to going, going into this, this, this interesting field. What inspired you to be a recruiting analyst? Um, honestly, it kind of just happened. I mean, I went to school at SMU in Dallas um, and knew I wanted to go into sports journalism. From there, I kind of just, you know, emailed a bunch of people and was like, hey, I'm willing to uh, intern and do anything to get into sports journalism and so I got emails back from rivals, uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine, and the Arena Football League, which was still, you know, in existence at the time in 2010. And they all offered internships, and I was just a freshman, uh, and I was like, "I'll do all of them." And so I, uh, I worked game day public relations for the Arena Football League. I interned at the magazine three times a week, and then I interned remotely for rivals covering uh, SMU football and recruiting. Um, And then along that, I I had a job working 20 hours part-time to help pay for student loans and all that good stuff. So um, it kind of just happened. And like I said, one of my internships was rivals, and I just kind of fell in love with doing recruiting reporting. Uh, as I kind of navigated the sports journalism scene, like I said, I did public relations. I ended up doing PR for the Dallas Cowboys as well. And then I did more traditional media writing for the Dallas Morning News. But I, I just always loved reporting on recruiting, traveling the country, seeing different kids. It's uh, always been kind of my passion or it's a passion that I developed really, you know, within the sports journalism field. And that's why I decided to go, you know, to just pursue recruiting reporting. And I've been doing it full time for the last, you know, seven years or so. Uh, and then overall for about 10 years. So, yeah, I, I that's just something that I really fell in love with, getting to know the kids, their families, going out to different parts of the country, seeing different football um, being involved with both high school and college football, I, I think is really awesome. So that's why I, I decided to do recruiting reporting as opposed to, you know, a team beat or PR or something like that. So you both me from high school college. What do you think you like the most? And I'll um yeah like i said i i recruiting is is my favorite um you know working in the nfl 
was an awesome experience. And even after college, I, you know, stayed on with the Dallas Cowboys during their game day operations. And, you know, I've covered more than a hundred games at AT&T stadium. So obviously that's really fun. Um, and then, you know, covering college football is fun as well. You know, I, I've been to many college football games. I, actually worked uh freelancing covering the cotton bowl every year since like 2011 so uh as well as like the armed forces bowl um you know and i've covered different smu games around the country as well so uh covering college football was great but at the end of the day i think my niche was just recruiting i feel like i relate really well to the kids i I feel like it's very exciting because every day something changes And unlike professional sports, it's extremely raw from the standpoint of, you know, the these are guys just getting started. And so it's cool to, you know, be involved with guys that are working to achieve a goal as opposed to guys that have already obtained a goal. So I think that uh, that's a really awesome part of it. And then also just following their journey, like it's awesome to watch the NFL draft every year because those are guys I covered like Jeff Okuda got taken top five overall. I mean, I've known Jeff since he was a sophomore at South Grand Prairie. So it's awesome to see him like, you know, make that rise or JK Dobbins who got taken in the second round. Like I, I grew extremely close to JK up to the point where, you know, I was talking to him right before he signed with Ohio state. Um, so I, I mean, it, it's just really it's really cool from all angles to uh, be involved in recruiting reporting. And I I think that's why I love it so much just because at the end of the day, it's really cool to know that you played a really small role in, in someone's life journey. So you, you're doing some, you're doing recruiting for Michigan and how does it, what is it? How does it feel? I mean, how is it working with, uh, if not working with them and I mean, Working with Jim Harbaugh, I mean, how is uh, the feel? I mean, I know you kind of more geared toward, you know, covering these kids and kind of, but do you kind of talk to them, some of the coaching and the head coaching a lot in in retrospect to, I mean, that, that you know, I just, I was just curious. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, you know, due to, uh coaches aren't allowed to talk to recruiting reporters coaches are also not allowed to comment publicly on prospective student athletes so um you know i can't really comment on that of course you know reporters have sources and there's right you know ways ways around that but um you know uh, and that goes across all beats i'm not saying i'm talking to michigan or anything just you know across all beats there's ways to navigate that but you know per ncaa rules you can't but as far as you know just my opinion overall on this staff i mean um, you know, Jim Harbaugh was always known as one of the most energetic, magnetic recruiters in college football. Obviously, he's, you know, a tremendous football coach, having coached in the Super Bowl, having himself played at the highest level uh, as well. Um, there's no doubt he's a great coach and a great recruiter. Uh, he's been personally involved in a lot of recruitments over the dead period. And um, I think he does a really great job. Matty Dudek is the director of recruiting at Michigan and he's known as one of the best in his field. So, um, you know, Michigan is Michigan. It's a big 
traditional powerhouse. It's the most winning college football program of all time. So it's really cool to be a part of it and to, you know, cover a program like that and a head coach like Jim Harbaugh that's been, you know, that's done it all and, and has, has, like I said, been at the highest level and coached at the highest level. So tell me about a story. Uh, tell me about one story you wrote about a student athlete that, that basically really inspired you. I mean, from high school to just like the ones you just talked about. Uh, and you just kind of, it just, I mean, you, you thought he was basically average person. And then he goes all the way, maybe potentially being a probably first round draft pick. And I don't know if the, you just brought those two guys up is one of the ones that you kind of felt. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing it for 10 years, so there's, you know, a lot of athletes that I've covered that have very interesting and unique stories and backgrounds. I think one that stands out to me would probably be in the basketball field. So I covered basketball recruiting under, you know, legendary coach Larry Brown at SMU. At the time, he was reeling in a lot of high-profile athletes, which is obviously not the norm. At a school like SMU, uh, one athlete was Emmanuel Moutier, who's now in the NBA. Uh, at the time, uh, Moutier was a very highly touted recruit, a five-star guy. So he's not just, you know, it wasn't just like an under-the-radar guy or anything. But I thought uh, Moutier had uh, an extremely unique background, uh, having come over from the Congo, uh, escaping civil war. Um, he's a guy that, you know, had to really make it out of nothing and, and really lived out the American dream coming over from Africa to the United States to being a first round draft pick to, you know, having to overcome quite a few issues at his high school prime prep where he attended, got closed down. And then he, you know, had signed to play at SMU and he actually ended up playing overseas and eventually made it to the NBA, which was his. You did. Did I lose? seeing that guy come over from you know a place like the congo to being a millionaire out now and living his dream i I think was really awesome to cover who has been your best influence on your life and explain why um the big the biggest influence on my life uh that's a tough one um you know there have been a lot of people that have helped me uh throughout my career uh Joe Trahan, who is uh, one of the heads of public relations at the Dallas Cowboys, um, definitely deserves a lot of credit. Uh, Scott Bell at the Dallas Morning News gave me my first opportunity to really write at a well-established you know, newspaper, one of the biggest sports sections in America. So those two come to mind. But as far as like real, real inspiration, you know, I think uh, I would have to say my wife, uh, my wife, Caitlin Overstreet, I mean, really, she's she's been awesome. You know, it's tough being a recruiting reporter because you have to travel around the country and, you know, you're gone all the time. You're gone, I mean, half the year. But my wife does a really great job of supporting me, you know, when I'm out of town. And I think, you know, she's kind of the person I really lean on. Um, you know, I've, I recently, you know, left all my family in Texas and moved to Chicago and, you know, she and my cat Sasha are all I have. And so they, they're a great support system for me as I pursue my dreams in my career. So I want to kind of change, change, uh, change this a little bit. Uh, 
Your, what are your thoughts on COVID-19 and recruiting right now? Um, yeah, it's, it's extremely tough just because, you know, prospective athletes can't make visits. Uh, and so, you know, a lot of kids are having to commit sooner than expected uh, to lock up a spot at a school they want. And, you know, it, it's just kind of a big mess in terms of recruiting just because, you know, it, it's hard to commit to a school that you haven't been to. But yet that's kind of been the trend across the country. So uh, right now it's just a, an interesting ordeal. We don't know if we're going to have a football season. It, it looks like things are promising like today you know, Pylon 7-on-7 released a couple of dates. They're going to have some 7-on-7 tournaments. I saw Indiana was opening up high school football in July. So I think that's promising. But from a pure recruiting standpoint, it sucks because kids can't visit. It also sucks because kids that are more under the radar or even three-star guys that that could potentially be four-stars didn't get the exposure at camps because there were no camps and there were no seven on sevens and, you know, things like that. There's not going to be summer camps for football. So it even affects the 2022 recruiting class. So it's just thrown things really, really out of whack. And for me, you know, a person that's in my field, that's used to traveling around and seeing all these kids and I've had to stay at home. I mean, it sucks because you can't get eyes on them. How are you supposed to properly rank and evaluate kids if you can't see them in person, you know, coaches uh, as well. I mean, May is the spring evaluation period. That's when a lot of offers go out. That's when a lot of coaches make visits to high schools and they weren't able to do that. And so it's, it's not, uh, (laughs) it hasn't been the best time for recruiting or for student athletes or for coaches in general. So where do you what do you think that this right now because of everything that's going on, what do you think student athletes need to do in in, in your uh, on on recruiting? I mean, what 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 do they need to do to make themselves different? I mean, and, and all I can do is just I mean, you got social media. Um, so your what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, there isn't a ton you can do right now. I mean, if a recruit were to ask me how do I get exposure, I mean, it's tough right now because, like I said, there isn't anything you can do. There's no off-season activities. Um, Hopefully in the summer, you know, players can play in those seven-on-seven tournaments and maybe we'll have a few camps here and there. In the meantime, I would just really focus on correctly piecing together your film and i can't reiterate that enough um i mean college coaches aren't going to watch your 20 minute highlight film or your 10 minute highlight film or even your five minute highlight film you know college coaches are going to watch maybe the first one or two minutes and make a determination if they want to keep on watching so you need to order your clips in the best way possible um with your best place first uh with you know showcasing your talents at the position you're going to be recruited if you're being recruited at to play linebacker but you also play running back nobody cares about your running back highlights they want to see you at your linebacker position um and just putting your best plays forward you shouldn't be um piecing to piecing together your highlight reel game by game it should be the best plays at first and uh making sure you know your film looks the best 
it can is huge because all you know college coaches can't get on the road like i said they're having virtual team meetings but they're not working with their team 90 percent of what they're doing at home is recruiting so they're watching film they have the most time ever to watch film so having your film in the correct order looking the best is is probably the best way to gain exposure because there's no type of off-season activities and, you know, I want to say this in recent years, social media has become one of the most important tools of marketing, positioning and brand building. Today, more and more sports personalities are turning to social media to increase their relevance and plat- popularity, which is also, we might say, a platform. Uh, from the ad- advertising point of view, these athletes become a re- recognizable brand, which allows them to market anything that bears their name. Now, first of all, I'm going to go to you looking at your platform and i mean you've been in the business for a long time and i mean if they even look at how many followers 22k i mean that basically for brands will blow it up and we we always say my question to you is when you when you're looking at a player and they're putting out the real good content does that does that help a lot with a portion of the recruiting scene when they're doing their portion on the social media part what is your thoughts on that? Yeah, it kind of works both ways. I mean, social media is a great tool to gain exposure. Um, and I mean, honestly, uh, Twitter is is the biggest uh, as far as college coaches, you know, getting a hold of kids and seeing kids. Um, a lot of it has to do with Twitter. At the same time, it can be a little bit of a negative because, you know, some of these kids have really high profiles that shouldn't necessarily high, be high profiles uh, because <laughs> they have an excellent PR team. Uh, a lot of these kids are like PR experts, like they know. know how to blow themselves up and market themselves to a point where their rankings just shoot up. Um And so I try to be wary of that. But at the same time, like I said, that's not to discourage student athletes from using Twitter. Definitely uh, a great tool uh, for kids to use to to interact with college coaches and get their film out and get their name out. Um, You know, like I said, it's kind of a difficult question to answer because it's a mixed bag of things. I mean, there are kids that use it correctly. There are kids that don't there are you know other people that are using kids accounts to hype up kids so uh social media is just so oversaturated right now that it's it's tough to get a a grasp i mean there's fake player profiles out there i mean there's networks getting duped so it's tough to really answer that question i think if you were to say what's the best you know building blocks to market yourself it would just be you know, tweeting out the right things, getting your film out there, getting your workouts out there, um, you know, using it to interact with college coaches, just being smart about the way you're using social media as opposed to it being more of a PR tool or more of a tool that you're using to like interact with your friends. Like if you're really serious about being a prospective athlete, it should be more about building your profile and building interaction with college coaches through the platform. And last thing, do you tend to, and I know this is really not, I mean, something that you might say, well, I think you put the wrong, do you tend to try to correct them on when they're putting content that's not suitable 
or you just kind of, I mean, especially when you're trying to do a story on them? Um, uh, not necessarily. I mean, I'm not, you know, in the business of correcting the kids. Their <laughs> coaches and their parents should be, you know, right. doing that. Right. But, um, yeah, I would I would say, obviously, that plays a big role. I mean, college coaches are going to scroll through your history and, and look. And it's the same thing when you get to the NFL draft. Um, they're going to look at what you did prior to that. So I would just advise to stay away from that type of content. And then I would also advise, you know, like in your bio, just put your name, your full name, not like speed killer six or something like that. You know, your full name, your a link to your huddle, your height, weight, and um, your high school, obviously, and, and as well as your class, class of 21, 22, 23, whatever you are. Uh, and that should be it. And then making sure you follow the right guidelines. Like I said, Twitter is a great tool when used correctly, uh, but it can also be a very detrimental tool if not used correctly. And is that the, is Twitter the, the, the main one that you get a lot of kids from versus Instagram? Is that- yeah, I mean, Instagram's go- growing and, you know, it, it's growing from a personal basis. Like, you know, I know a lot of kids love Instagram and, you know, it's it's there's kids putting commitments on there and stuff. But college coaches are on Twitter. I mean, for the most part, they're not using Instagram. Um, Twitter is by far the best tool for recruiting uh, as opposed to Instagram. Instagram's more fun, I guess, but it's not you know, where college coaches are. You need to be on Twitter as opposed to Instagram. I'm not saying not to have an Instagram or not to use an Instagram for college recruiting purposes, but Twitter's your best tool to be recruited from a social media perspective. Well, you know, EJ, I want to thank you for giving, taking some time out of your uh, busy schedule uh, to kind of, you know, go over your background. And But I will ask you this. uh, So how do you like Chicago? From Texas. Uh, Chicago is a great city. Uh, I mean, there's a lot, a lot to do up here, and it it offers a lot. Uh, it's you know really one of the great big cities in the world, and you know the food's awesome. I've had my deep dish pizza and my Chicago hot dogs and all that good stuff, and hopefully when the pandemic clears up, we'll be able to explore the city. A little more obviously it's colder than texas but now we're getting into you know summer here so we're in the 60s and you know great weather for the most part up until we get back to october or so but i i don't feel like i'm gonna miss the texas temperatures i do miss the uh texas barbecue can't find <laughs> the good stuff up here in chicago but other than that now it's been a great move and um, really enjoying the city as much as I can, you know, like I said, because of the pandemic, but also really enjoying the Michigan beat um, coming over from Texas. It's a little bit different, but, you know, it's also kind of similar at the same time, a big state school with a lot of tradition um, and a rabid fan base. And, you know, I'm really excited to be covering Michigan and, and glad that I decided to try something new and make the transition. So is te- uh, last thing is Texas your one of the states you cover? Uh, it, even though you're in Chicago, I was just curious since you are from Texas and Michigan does get a lot of players from Texas. So. Yeah, I mean my coverage area is uh, anywhere that Michigan is recruiting. I mean Michigan is a true national brand. There isn't enough players in the state of Michigan 
uh, like there might be in Texas. Texas can sign a full class of 25 from Texas and be okay. Michigan obviously can't do that within the state of Michigan. There is some really good talent in Detroit, but they need to, you know, and the surrounding areas throughout the state of Michigan. But they obviously need to expand, and Michigan has always always recruited nationally. So um, right now they have commits from New England. They have uh, commits from Florida. They signed a couple from California last cycle. They've dipped down in Dallas and gotten some kids out of DeSoto. Um, they've gotten kids out of Houston. Uh, they just offered some kids in Vegas. So anywhere you name it, Michigan's always recruiting. I mean, they're dipping their toes into the Pacific Northwest uh, more this recruiting cycle. So for me, I, I travel the country as I always have. And so that's what I'm going to keep doing while covering Michigan. It's a true national beat. And that's one of the things that really appealed to me when that job opened up. And last thing I forgot to ask you, what is your, so what is your end goal? Where do you want to be at? What do you want to do when this is all um, from the recruiting? Um, are you next stop is being a scout for one of the professional teams, a general manager of a, um, of a uh, professional team, or do you want to stay in um, college and work in the, Recruiting, well, it's not really a recruiting department, it's a compliance department. Um, I mean, for me, I don't really look at it like that. I mean, life changes so much and it throws you so many curveballs that you just never know. I mean, uh, I had an opportunity to stay on the Texas beat for the rest of my life. Um, and, you know, I, I entirely switched companies. It, it wasn't even, you know, something that was like, oh, I'm just going to go from one job to the other within the same company. Like I I ended up switching from Texas to Notre Dame, actually. I had a brief stint covering Notre Dame and then went on to the Michigan beat all within one year, and that definitely wasn't in the plan. Like I had a, a full-time contract with CBS covering Texas and a very highly paid position, and I took a pay cut to come to Chicago because I wanted to do something new because I wanted to prove to myself that I could cover any beat, you know, that I wasn't just going to be a Texas guy the rest of my life, and that was never my end goal. Uh, but as far as, you know, where I want to be, I don't know. I mean, like I said, things can change so much. I didn't – this time last year, I, I had no intentions of leaving the Texas beat, and now I'm living in Chicago covering Michigan, which wasn't even the original job I left Texas for. So, you know, so much so much can change that I don't really have an ultimate goal. I don't look at it 10 years from now or even five years from now. You know, I'm just trying to win the day. I'm just trying to be the best I can be every single day and everything will work itself out. And, you know, I'm really happy where I am and I hope I can continue to cover Michigan recruiting for the next, you know, two, three, four, five years, whatever the case may be. So, um, you know, I, I really like Chicago and you know, I hope to be here for a while and my wife's going to go to school for biochemistry. So either way, we're uh, going to be here for a while. She went um, to so. university Chicago or, uh, um, unfortunately her testing got pushed back because of coronavirus. So okay. she's still looking to see which school she's going to go to, but, um, yeah, we're, I mean, we plan to be here for a while, so I'm not really looking at it, you know, past right now. I just want to be the best Michigan recruiting reporter in the market. And that's, that's my end goal at this time. Well, again, AJ, it was a pleasure talking to you and sharing these minutes with our audience. That's all for today. I'm Daryl DeMall. Thanks for 
while uh, listening to Chalk Talk. Take care, and please come back next week. Hey, thanks, man. All right. Thanks.